When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host. I'm Nicole Lappin, the only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. It's time for some money rehab. Tomorrow, the coronation celebration of King Charles, the late Queen Elizabeth II's son, kicks off. The coronation is a three-day affair that is literally fit for a king, with a 2,000-person invite-only ceremony and a lot of other festivities all throughout the country, including cake competitions, dog shows, horse and carriage rides, actually this sounds awesome, uh, musical performances, special tours of royal landmarks, and more. If you're thinking, damn, that sounds expensive. You are totally right. Experts project that this three-day party will cost British taxpayers at least 100 million pounds, which translates to us in America as about equivalent to $125 million. This is a considerably bigger banger than the last coronation in Britain, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II, and that cost 54 million pounds. And yes, that is adjusted for inflation. I will note that the 100 million figure is just an estimate by experts, and the monarchy has not confirmed this figure despite many requests from the press. But exact numbers aside, it's clear that this weekend is going to be an expensive one for taxpayers. So the question is, what is the ROI here? Will the coronation help or hurt the British people? I have always got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, but more people are nerding out with me on this particular question because the British people are suffering a cost of living crisis, which has been triggered mostly by extreme inflation. Britain currently has the undesirable award of the highest rate of inflation in Western Europe, and according to the New York Times, food prices in Britain are 20% higher than they were just a year ago. This is an issue that is very much at the forefront of the collective consciousness in Britain. As Yasmin Saran reports in Time, in recent months, doctors, teachers, train drivers, traffic wardens, and Heathrow airport workers have been striking in Britain for better pay. So it's not a great look for the British government to be sending taxpayers a huge bill while those very same people are crying for help. However, it is not the case that the British people are unanimously anti-coronation. The relationship between the British people and the crown is not that simple. It is not breaking news that there's a healthy group in Britain that still feels so much pride and positive sentiments toward the crown. According to an annual study on British attitudes toward the monarchy done by the National Centre for Social Research in 2021, 31% of British people felt that the monarchy was very important, and 24% said that they thought the monarchy was quite important. Quick side note here, how British are these metrics? 
I really got a kick out of the fact that the multiple choice responses are very important and another is quite important. I can practically hear the British accent through the survey and I'm not quite sure the difference in degrees of importance, but I digress. So anyway, the people who think the monarchy is quite or very important would probably also say that a coronation is good for the nation's psyche. Plus, the last coronation, Queen Elizabeth's coronation, was in 1953. So for most millennial Brits, this will be the first coronation they will get to experience. Plus, the benefits of the coronation aren't only warm and fuzzy. There's a lot of financial benefit to a coronation, too. The coronation will attract a lot of tourism to England and therefore infuse the country with international money. CBS has great data on this, but the highlights are that the coronation is driving a 64% increase in hotel reservations in London and a 73% increase in train tickets to London from other parts of Europe, also a 40% increase in searches for flights from the U.S. to London. This influx of tourists is expected to bring in a lot of cash. According to the New York Times, it's expected that during this three-day period, more than 130 million pounds will be spent on food, 245 million pounds will be spent on souvenirs, 350 million pounds will be brought in by businesses like hotels and pubs. And if you run a pub in London, by the way, rest up tonight because it's expected that 17 million extra pints will be poured across the country this weekend. So going back to my question on ROI, you could say that the government is spending £100 million to make £725 million. That's an amazing ROI. That's more than 7x. But that is not a totally legit way to think about it. Because again, we have to think of the coronation as being funded by the taxpayers. And it's not like every taxpayer in England is going to get a cut from a £725 million check right? And the government itself isn't getting a 725 million pound check either. If you're the owner of a restaurant or a hotel or tour company, great, you're going to have a super sweet payday. But if you work at a restaurant or hotel or tour company in London, you're probably not going to get any bonus from this weekend. Some people view the coronation as a longer-term opportunity. Leaders in the travel industry, for example, hope that the coronation will help invigorate London's tourism scene, which hasn't fully recovered since travel restrictions during COVID. But most experts predict that this one weekend isn't going to have dramatic effects on the nation's economy as a whole. And so there's a vocal group of economists and British residents who are arguing this money should instead go to alleviating the cost of living crisis, like strategic investments in health, education, and infrastructure, and a coronation falls into exactly none of those departments. So the coronation is happening tomorrow, there is no doubt about that. But as a thought experiment, is there a compromise that could satisfy the group of people who want to celebrate the coronation and the group of people who think it is too expensive for taxpayers? Well, one solution might be to have the coronation, but not to have the government fund it. Going back to that Time article I referenced, a recent survey found that 51% of British people believe that the coronation shouldn't be funded by the government. So, if not the government, then 
who should pay for it? One option would be for the monarchy to pay for it. Yes, yes, I know that they are partially funded by taxpayers, but not entirely. They definitely have some personal money to play with. A recent investigation by The Guardian put King Charles's personal fortune at an estimated 1.8 billion pounds. So yes, he should pay for his own party. If you're gonna have a big old fancy party, you don't expect your friends to foot the bill, do you? Another way would be to fund it the way the US funds inaugurations. Because while the British monarchy and the US presidency are very different institutions, both love the pomp and circumstance of a launch party. For the presidential inauguration in the U.S., a committee is formed and raises money from donors. Now, U.S. citizens are on the hook for some of these costs, too. The actual swearing-in ceremony and associated costs are funded by taxpayer dollars. But the galas, the parades, and other events outside the ceremony itself are privately funded. President Trump actually broke the record in 2017 for the largest sum ever raised by an inauguration committee, a whopping $107 million. How those funds were then used has been under investigation, but that's a story for another time. So, 10 minutes later, I think my recommendation to the British monarchy would be go splitsies, come up with a committee, get rich donors who love a good coronation to fund some of it, and then King Charles, pay for your own quite important party. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. If you're a royal fanatic and spent those surge prices to fly to London this weekend, I hope you used a credit card and then, of course, pay it off in full because you often get a lot of insurance and international protections you might not realize. So before you hop across the pond or anywhere internationally for that matter, check out what hookups you get from the credit card company. Brian Kelly, AKA the points guy was on the show with some genius hacks for this. And he also told us about his own experience getting a private plane paid for by a card company because of his own international travel snafu. Yep, I've linked that episode in the show notes. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. 
it is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Money Rehab is a production of Money News Network. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Money Rehab's executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Our researcher is Emily Holmes. Do you need some money rehab? And let's be honest, we all do. So email us your money questions, moneyrehab at moneynewsnetwork.com to potentially have your questions answered on the show or even have a one-on-one intervention with me. And follow us on Instagram at moneynews and TikTok at moneynewsnetwork for exclusive video content. And lastly, thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for listening and for investing in yourself, which is the most important investment you can make.